The success of products in tech is based on two things. First, a team of brilliant researchers, product managers, business analysts, and developers that strive to make the technology better. Second, the loyal users that feel empowered and productive while using the product. To pull this off, that is the second component, designers become a critical asset to the team. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on where in the world you're listening to us. Hi there, my name is Lily Edina Mboche and welcome to season two of Pointers and 10, your insights on tech, becoming a better leader, developing your personal brand or nailing your next interview. Today, I'll be talking to somebody who has design at heart. He loves tackling complex problems and understands how people think. And he likes figuring out why we do the things we do. His name is Eldad Nutako. While we go into the conversation, I'll let him tell us a bit about himself. Eldad, if you can hear me clearly, the floor is yours. And tell us how or got to love design and what you do on a daily basis. Okay, yes, Lily, I can hear you. So first of all, thank you for having me. We've been talking about doing this for a while, so I'm glad it's finally happening. I'm, very, also, I'm very glad. <laughs> yeah, and also good job on the podcast. Like, I'm kind of telling that to everybody. This is our second podcast because I've been thinking about doing a podcast for the longest time. You guys got it off the ground. So yeah, um, and what I do on a daily basis is just solve complex problems, actually. Um, and, and I used to design stuff in like PowerPoint, Publisher, um, and some really, really archaic design softwares back in like 2008, 2009. Um, but then it was in the university that I started thinking of design as a career, mostly because I didn't like programming as much. I was a computer science major. That's what we meant. I was a computer science major, but I didn't like programming as much. So I was trying to find a way that I could still stay in the tech space, but then do what I loved. And that's kind of how I stumbled into, you know, this section of design that sort of sat in the middle of technology and then you know, I can still get to express my creative side. So that was how I got into design, I think 2013, 2014, and started thinking of it as a career. And then, you know, five, six years on, it's like my full-time thing. That's what I do on a daily basis. Mm, interesting. So for those who didn't know, Elder was a classmate. And when everybody took normal notes, writing normally, Eldad used to draw his notes. So you pick the notes and you see all the design happening in a book. So that's how far he goes with design. And I'm glad to see that what you loved has actually materialized to this point. Okay, so let's yeah. go right into it and talk about why we need designers um, in developing products. Why should the designers be involved in the process? Yeah, so um, so it's really, really simple, right? Like you said from the quote, when, when you're building a product, you have a lot of things at play, right? But mostly they can break down into two main categories. You have the team that is creating the product, and then you have the person or the group of people who are going to use the product, right? Mm. Now, I think a lot of people tend to make the mistake of thinking that success is only coming from focusing on the team that's going to create the product, right? Mm. Because so many people in the tech space want to create apps and solve problems. Like we focus more on, you know, the technology, what we can do. But then I would argue that the linchpin or the most really important part of this whole process is the person you're solving the problem for who is going to use the product. That's like the most important piece of the puzzle. Mm. Because if you can't figure them out, if you can't understand them, if you can't communicate in a way that is clear for them, then your product is kind of useless, right? Exactly. Um, and why design is important? Because design thinking mostly gives you the tools to be able to understand who you're trying to deal with. And once you gain that understanding, it gives you a roadmap to kind of allow you to figure out how to represent, how to package your solution in a way that is clear 
for them to be able to use, right? And that's, that's why it's really, really important. So a lot of the times products fail because the technology is there, the thinking may be good, but then there isn't a lot of focus and understanding of the user one and two. There isn't a lot of design involved in the process to make sure that the solution is presented in a way that a user can understand and use, right? So design kind of allows you to bridge that gap between the user and then what you're trying to create. It gives you the medium to like clearly communicate what you're trying to do and make it a way that is friendly and usable. Mm, mm, mm. So design makes um, or moves products from just the building to being usable. And because it uses interface with it and are able to understand and use it for what is made to do. Okay, so we yeah. go, right, so I got that. Now we're going to describe um, a usual design development process. What goes into um, the design process? How do you come about the whole concept? How do you execute it afterwards? So I think, like I think we always, it's for us, so I work at CodeHub, we are a digital product design agency and we basically build brands, apps, software, custom solutions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for us, the core thing is to understand the problem and the person we are solving the problem for. Mm-hmm. That is paramount. Like nothing happens until we can be able to say that we have some understanding of, hey, this is the problem and this is who we are solving the problem for, right? That's always the first thing that happens. Now, once we're able to identify we are solving the problem for, we say Kofi and Kofi is 25 years old and Kofi is like, going to be using this product in the trotter and there's going to be noise and like, he's trying to get, once we understand all those parameters, then we go to concepting. So concepting has two main parts. First is research. And that's because like, you are not, like no problem is really new right? Problems exist all over the world and Mm. somebody somewhere may have encountered the same problem you're trying to solve. So you want to go out there and see like what is out there. Like has anybody encountered this problem before? How did they solve it? What is their context? What are the similarities between the people they are solving it for and the people I'm trying to solve it for? Right? So that's a research phase. Mm. And that that can take anywhere between two hours to like six weeks or even like months, Mm. depending on how complex the challenge is. But then the goal is to just gather enough information. And once you have some, you know, some information from the research coupled with, you know, the data you gathered from the requirements gathering section, then now you can do some concepting, right? Now you can actually start sketching some ideas out. And another thing, another thing that's really important is that when when people talk about when we talk about design, people can reduce it to just a visual aspect, right? Just the colors, you know, how nice it looks. But then we normally argue design is deeper than that, right? Mm. Um, the chair you sat on is designed. The cars you sit in, the doors are designed. The chairs are designed in such a way that you can sit in comfortably. Mm. Your phone, how it fits in your palm is designed. Your earphones, like design is more of like a system of thinking as opposed to just the final thing of, oh, it looks nice and it looks pretty, mm. right? So once we have a good understanding of the problem, the context, and we've seen enough information through our research, we cannot start creating concepts. So this concept can reach anywhere from videos to sketches to images or to a collection of graphics but it's just something to allow us make the solution that we are thinking about more concrete right Mm. um the most popular though is sketching you take a pencil and a paper and ipad whatever you have and just sketch out your thoughts and the reason this is important is that it it, it gives you one a way to get your ideas out quickly and two you don't have a lot of cost when you need to iterate because as much as you're going to do a lot of research and you know talk you won't always get the results on the first try never like it's 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 a miracle for you to like go into the design process design development process and then your first solution is like the ideal solution Mm. so sketching allows you to like quickly run through ideas and quickly 
you know, iterate without having it be too expensive as far as cost and time. Um, and then when you sketch, you test. So, and that's another thing, like people, I think people also miss out when they're trying to create solutions, also miss out on involving the person they are designing for in the process, mm. right? So at the point where you're concepting, you want to be in constant communication with the person you're solving the problem for. Like, hey, I'm thinking of, you know, putting this button on the left. Do you think it's something that will work for you? Because based on our conversation, you said one, two, three, four. And like, make sure that you design with the person, not for the person, mm, mm. right? And that's, that's really, really important. So when you're iterating, you're trying to design with the person you're going to solve the problem with, not just for them. Because when you're designing for them, you're hiding your black box, doing whatever you think is right. And they come in like, hey, here's a solution. And nine out of 10 times, they'll take it and be like, no, this doesn't fit our needs. Like, you, like it doesn't work for us. But then if you're iterating, you're doing this with the person. So you do that at a concept stage for a while. And then once you're close to something that you think is going to work, then you refine. So refinement is not like, okay, let's bring in all the colors. Let's, you know, fret about the space and let's fret about the layout. And you also do this iteratively for a while, depending on how long you have. So when you create this final design, you send them back, test them, send them back, test them, send them back, test them for whatever amount of time you have available. And then you're not getting close to like, okay, this is something that might work. And then you push it to production or push it to like, you know, wherever it's supposed to be. So that's what like a, a, a normal process look like. Now, although it can sound, it sounds like a lot, this can happen sometimes within two or three days or sometimes within like six to eight months. It really depends on the, the complexity of the problem you're trying to solve. But then we always try to make sure that we go through these processes all the time. So first, just to recap first, is talk to the person you're trying to solve the problem for or with, understand what their problem is, understand their context, what challenges they may have, research, because there's information out there how you can solve that problem, and then create very quick concepts that you can get validation on. And once you have you know, some concrete validation, you then go ahead to like flesh it out to the final bit and then ship it to wherever it's going, whether back to the user or to production or to developers or wherever it might be. Ew, right. So there's something I wanted to ask because you men you mentioned understanding um, the client or the, or the user's needs and also working with and not for. Has there been an experience where mm -hmm. you probably worked to almost the end of the of the process and you, you realized you missed something? There was not maybe there was not thorough understanding. How did you trace back your steps? Um, yes, I have multiple experiences. In fact, this year I've had like two of those experiences on really big projects. And oh. the downside is like not, not, not having very clear understanding from the beginning cost us about like eight weeks of work because mm -hmm. we went down a particular path only for us to go back to the person we're working with or at the time for, and it's like, I'm sorry, this, this didn't turn out as much as I, as, as I thought it was going to. And to be quite honest, because yeah. your goal is to always solve the like the problem for the person or with the person you just have to trace your steps so for this particular scenario what we did was like we're like okay cool clearly we're not aligned on this particular issue we thought we understood your solution but we didn't so mm. tell us again how do you want this problem to be solved what was the vision of the final solution can you send us some examples of how you envision the solution and then make sure that we involve them more in the process. So it's like, hey, we did this particular page. This is what we think it's going to look like. Is this what you're imagining? Does this work? Do you want to take something out? Mm. Um, so we just started back from the beginning and this time did things more thoroughly. And it's easier said than done because even myself, I've been doing this for like six years and I still have situations where 
like I think I know what is good for the person I'm solving the problem for and then mm-hmm. go and do something for them and then after that I realized that oh shoot I need to actually do it with them and I need to involve them more in the process right yeah. um so like it happens honestly it happens frequently but the only way around this is to actually go back to base right, right? go back yeah. to base and understand the problem and make sure like you actually this time around involved them now i don't know we i don't think we have a lot of time on this like call to go into the details because mm-hmm. it's not it's not as simple as that especially if you're working with a big agency or if you're working with somebody that's very complex or somebody who doesn't even know what they want like there exactly. are all those kids that, yeah like different ways different ways to go about it right mm-hmm. um but fundamentally you need to be able to gain a thorough understanding and here's a quote i had recently mm-hmm. that um that i think can help you can help us solve this problem because mm-hmm. we don't have time Listen to the problem of your customers, mm. but don't take their solutions. Ah, deep. <laughs> right? Because the thing is, when, when you, like you've heard this thing before, when, you're for, like when people are asking sometime, when they hear some year ago, what they wanted, they said they wanted faster horses, right? I yeah. think they said something like that. Now, if, if you had asked them what problem do they have, they would tell you they have a problem of getting to their next destination faster. Exactly. But then they don't necessarily have the vision of what that ideal solution could look like. So when you get into these conversations with customers and trying to understand them and all these other things, you want to understand their problems thoroughly. Mm. Their solutions, you want to take with a pinch of salt because most of the time they may not know exactly what works for them. But then if you get a deep understanding of the problem, you can pair that with research and then create something that's actually going to work. And you realize that when the car was invented, nobody said that, oh, because it wasn't a horse, you're not going to use it. It solved the problem, so they used it. Mm. like that's it right so like when solutions solve problems they get adopted so you don't always need the approval of like you know the person you're trying to solve the problem with on the specific form and shape the solution should take once it works it's intuitive and everybody agrees that it works and like there's not going to be a lot of like arguments so some other time like another thing for you to notice when you have a lot of arguments around the solution you're presenting let me say it doesn't work Mm. Because if it works, you're not going to have so much argument. If it works, like everybody, whoever you're dealing with, you know that. Like, like nobody's arguing with Facebook or Instagram. They may, mm. they may complain about one or two things, but then they go back to it because, like, they figured it out. They figured out the mental models and it works, right? You may yeah. complain about one or two things about your car, but then on your phone, or you still use it because it works. So listen to your customers' problems and understand them, but always take their solutions to the pinch of salt. Mm. But then pair that understanding you know, with research and then I can allow you to create something that will solve the problem. And if it solves the problem, you will know because it, is, it will get adopted immediately. Right. Thank you so much. You actually went into our last um, question, which was nuggets for designers. And I think you, you put it um, correctly. You listen to the to the client, to whoever is making um, a submission, but make sure that you understand and know how you go about it yourself, not just accepting their solution. So thank you so much, Eldad, for sharing. And we know there are people who want to know more. How do we contact you? Um, so I am consistently running my mouth on Instagram. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, Eldad Nutako. Actually, I think that's I'm like that. I'm like I'm using it everywhere. So Instagram, YouTube. Behind, um, you know, anyway, because you know that Nintendo, you should find it. But then mostly I'm active on my Instagram. So, oh, that does Nintendo. Mm. Um, and I talk about some of these things um, as far as design goes. I talk about some business stuff um, and, you know, some other general things as far as just growing and learning is concerned, because I'm kind of passionate about that. So, yeah. oh, that Nintendo everywhere. You should find me if you just put mm. that in. Right. Thank you so much, Eldad. I'm glad we're able to do this. And thank you for um, being one of our earliest recorders in the year 2021. I appreciate it.
thanks to you, our listener, for listening to today's episode. In the spirit of community and finding answers together, I'll catch you on the next episode of Pointers in 10. Remember to share, subscribe, and leave us a review at anchor.fm forward slash pointers hyphen in hyphen 10. The same is linked in our show notes above.